Better than a cold beer. Better than world peace. Better than a great... Okay, maybe not better than that last one, but better than everything else. Are you ready for this? Go! And your face entertainment with no apologies. RX Radio. Groove Cafe. It is a Groove Cafe on RX Radio, and I am Crystal. Always excited to hear from my guests and hear about their experiences. My guest today is a Ugandan journalist and humanitarian. He is the founder and president of Policy and Strategy at Sapphire Africa Foundation, a charity organization started in 2014 that looks to make a difference in the life of the disabled and school children um, that have different conditions. He is also the founder of U. Ugandan.com, a fast-growing news outlet. So yes, as you guessed, he has a background in journalism as a news anchor uh, with experience with many different media houses, including ITV UK and currently anchoring for BTM News today. Mm-hmm. I have Paul Collins yes. joining me yes. on the Group Cafe. Uh-huh. Hi. Happy to be here, Crystal. It's nice to have you. How are you doing? Very great. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, When I was coming in, I told you that uh, many people are not saying great because uh, others are complaining of the economy. Mm-hmm, the then, economy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but we won't complain uh, mm-hmm. for very many years because I don't think this is going to end so soon. That's so, the thing, right? Yeah, we have so. to figure it out and mm-hmm. be strategic mm-hmm. and cut back also. Mm-hmm. You, you used a very good word, soldiering on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll keep moving. So, happy to meet you. Nice to meet you. And, uh, and uh, I, I don't know why you haven't been on TV because I, I told you a story about the woman who posted you look beautiful as uh, she, she, she explained so, so I'm, I'm happy to meet you <laughs> thank you I do a little bit of TV every now and then ah, okay not full time but mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes mm-hmm. I, I, maybe from your channel mm-hmm. that's uh, Crystal TV or what, what's the, what, what type of TV is that <laughs> <laughs> well there's that one that's consistent YouTube mm-hmm. so I guess that's my own little TV right there so Paul about mm-hmm. you you're Ugandan mm-hmm. where were you born I was born from Fort Porto in Fort Porto? Yeah, uh-huh. Fort Porto, um, a very small village that may be very hard for you to pronounce called Droyankuba. Mm-hmm. And uh, started from the same uh, district for my primary, then changed a little bit for my high school and mm-hmm. university, of course. But um, by the time I was born, I found my parents already separated. My father, his own way is my mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was raised for the biggest part with my mom. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But I'm not a mommy's girl that much. So, mm, no? Uh, I-, I love her. I love her. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I'm not that one. So girl. you broke away, yeah? I broke away. Mm-hmm. I broke away eventually. Uh, so I uh, born from Port Porto and um, exported to Kampala. Okay. Mm-hmm. When did you come to Kampala? I think it was about 2012, I think. Mm-hmm. But before, of course, that is officially coming and settling in here. Mm-hmm. But before, um, I used to come on here. Uh, to meet the late DJ Ronnie from Capital. Um. I, I was a very small boy and he loved me, really pampered me so much. <laughs> and actually, I knew I would spend part of my time uh, in radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, well, I'm, I still have the hope for that. But, uh, but you've been a, doing TV. Yeah, you I've never been, know. Never I've, say never. <laughs> I've done radio for a little bit. But uh, mm-hmm. I have hope that maybe at some point. So, um I used to come when I was still in high school, drop mm-hmm. by, get mm-hmm. back to Fort Porto, get back to Umbarara where I was uh, studying from by mm-hmm. then. Uh, then before coming um, 
in 2012 officially here. Okay, would you say DJ Ronnie influenced you to want to get into journalism? Very, very much. Actually, um, uh, when I was joining journalism school, I knew that um, I was coming to radio uh, to be like DJ Ronnie. So that was <laughs> yeah, okay, the, the, the focus. That, that was the target. That, that was the... <laughs> The whole idea, I used to listen to him even when I was on my small bed in the village. Mm. I used to listen to him wherever. So I made all efforts to meet him. And when I met him, bang, we really connected deeply. He mm-hmm. would call me for so very long hours, ask me oh. questions and my dreams and all that. So I had to sneak with my phone even to high school where I was going. <laughs> so I, I would tell him, you know, you can call me. Um, Saturday in the after lunch and sometimes he would be drunk and forget <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I would wait for his call and they don't see the call then eventually he would tell me oh Paul you know I forgot but you know we can get to talk so how are you doing I really really love to have conversations up to now I think I do really love to have conversations mm-hmm. because I love to listen to people um, I, I learn a lot and uh, I love talking too <laughs> okay I think this is a match made in heaven right now <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that influenced your decision to want to do journalism. Mm-hmm. Where did you go to? You know, you said journalism school. Yeah, uh, Macquarie University, of mm-hmm. course. Um, joined, um, I did what I did. But then... Uh, Was that the, mass communication? Yeah, mass communication. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did all my ads there. And uh, later, actually, I was... Um, a, I was still studying then I joined of course Radio 1 in there mm-hmm. I worked there for a few months the payments and other things of course went wrong mm-hmm. so I turned out uh, I remember I had my so that was your first uh, yeah that was my first job in, in Kampala radio. here no 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 no. I had worked from uh, my vacation in Fort Porto from a radio called Hits FM okay yeah mm-hmm. I had worked for some good days I think almost a year actually I missed a year before I joined uh, university mm-hmm. because radio, you were working before you yeah joined radio became so sweet for me I was like no I'm not going anywhere <laughs> for this year uh-huh. and, until my mom was like no you, you, you cannot be DJing here and becoming a DJ here and filing to go to school mm-hmm. so I made some good money think before so when i joined uh, university and coming into hot 100 it was easy for me because i had a step earlier on mm-hmm. so i joined them and um it was easy but of course those factors there are several factors really um of course as a young man i was like no i really can't keep on pushing with this mm-hmm. i had a very very old dilapidated computer so i had um, <laughs> i remember it was called pc dj red so <laughs> <laughs> I uh-huh. went on and uh, became one of those DJs at big mics there. <laughs> of course, I used my PC DJ Red and mm-hmm. then later came Virtual DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, I lost the interest in that. Too. Really? Mm-hmm. You let it go? Yeah, I let it go because I'm this kind of person really who doesn't want the noise. But I was doing this for money, of course. Mm. But I wasn't enjoying the noise, all, okay. uh, all this pomp everywhere and then... DJ, please play for me, Bini Man, and play for me. <laughs> this. I, I, I did not enjoy that, really. So okay. I, I chose to put it on a halt and mm-hmm. um, get back focused. I think we can look studies. at your fun times, mm-hmm. fun moments in your youth. You mm-hmm. were a DJ. Yeah, I was a DJ. Uh-huh. And actually, even when I tell my wife and very many other friends, they don't believe that. They can't. They, they can't they, imagine it. They can't imagine that. They really can't imagine. And uh, me, myself, too, at some point, I look back and say, no, 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 no. How would I have done this? But well, I you did. were on the hustle. Yeah, you I was on the hustle. On the hustle. Yeah, just like I was saying, it was all about money because I really wanted the money. Mm-hmm. My mother alone wouldn't support me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
with my tuition, my everything really that I wanted as a young man. Mm-hmm. So I had to hustle on and, you know, have um, created life for myself. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So when did television come knocking for you? Television, I think um, I had really tried to knock different doors, but um, I was failing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had gotten to know Sean Chimuri, mm-hmm. who is a very, very, very tight friend of mine. Uh, so when I came in, I contacted him. I used to send him voice notes of what I can do because, of course, I wanted to join Capital. Mm-hmm. So, and by that time, I think he was the program's director there. So I used to send him many voice notes of what I would do, many of them. Mm-hmm. And I would practice, I would do anything. So later, I think there was a TV station starting uh, called Now TV. Mm. So I was in northern Uganda and he called me. I was like, Paul, there's a TV job. Uh, I interested in taking it up. Actually, I had spent so long without hearing from him. Mm-hmm. Then he calls me and he's like, okay, are uh, you interested in taking it up? Because they need an anchor and uh, I really see you can do that. But I was like, Sean, I haven't done this for quite some good time. I was like, no, you can do it. Mm-hmm. That's how I joined TV for the very first time. Oh. Uh, before, I also had a little TV of mine like yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So I used to go there too on my little TV and uh, do a few things there. So what happened? This is a YouTube channel we're talking about. Exactly. Is it still up and running? I, I think I gave up on that also. In the We are going in, to look for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave up on that. So. That's how I joined TV. I came in, now TV, and I was, uh, I found very many people, of course, uh, from even different TV stations. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, when I did my trials and everything, I think I was on point. Okay. They wouldn't resist me, though it was my first job. And mm-hmm. um, I did it. Things did not go well still. And, um, mm-hmm. but, because I was already spotted, I had to, to join another TV, Top TV. Actually, mm-hmm. Top TV didn't spend even two months there. I was called by another TV, BTM TV. So I joined uh, BTM TV. So you were scouted, seriously? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I was. And um, of course, I had different opportunities to join other places. But um, there are things that I really put forward. I love uh, being comfortable. Okay. <laughs> so and, and really, I take that as a priority. Mm-hmm. I love spending time with family, spending time, my own time, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not this person really who wants a job that will take me up from seven in the morning up to nine in the night. Even midnight in some cases. Even midnight, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for now, I think I'm comfortable there. Do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy doing TV? I love TV. Um, Those first days, they were pretty hard for me. Um, But uh, I think as time went by, I got used. Okay. Now, I really enjoy that. And um, the beauty with it is... um, so like a government job where you have to, you know, struggle through traffic in the morning and rush, get on somewhere. <laughs> I, I do the prime news, so nine, and uh, I can really go to work uh, wherever I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then... That's what you mean by your hours being yeah, flexible. Yeah, my hours being really flexible. That's one of the things I've always loved about, you know, mm-hmm. radio. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to do so many other things mm-hmm. as well, because mm-hmm. it doesn't take up your entire day. Right, mm-hmm. right. I agree with you. And uh, of course, you get time to think out of the box not only concentrate on currently what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So uh, it gives me the space up to now because where would Sapphire Foundation be really if I was working? Mm-hmm. Um, for example, seven to nine, uh, seven to seven, because I mean, there are different people that I have to take care of. There are things you need to uh, think about, new strategies. Um, 
and our donations are also very scarce yet people need the money mm-hmm. they need the support there are people we support on a monthly basis and then you you can't tell them I've been anchoring news Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, Now, Sapphire Africa Foundation is the mm-hmm. first organization to help kids with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Yeah. When did you start doing that? Uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy, I think along the way, I have a friend of mine, very good friend, Josephine Karunji. She used to work mm-hmm. for formerly NTV. Yes. One day, she called me and told me, Paul, there is a guy who wants to help people here, but I don't know if you can talk to him. Mm. It's like, okay. So um I talked to this person and they tell me Josephine give me your Twitter account and um I need to help people with Duchenne muscular dystrophy in Africa I was like what's that <laughs> I was like I've never seen You'd that never I've never heard, heard of, of it mm-hmm. but Josephine told me you have been in the field you have been helping people and uh, and uh, so I need you know because I had done of course different documentaries for ITV UK mm-hmm. including that Orphans of the Nile the incredible west and um and that's around the time you actually started it right yeah 2014 mm-hmm. yeah 2014 yes mm-hmm. so um you were in northern uganda yeah i was time. in northern uganda i think i was traveling across uganda mm. because um itv really demanded some good quality work but they mostly wanted things related to nature mm-hmm. and what we would show we as africa so mostly it was in um culture and people okay yeah so that's what we did and um So during that time it's when Josephine contacted me and we got to link up with with a with a gentleman called Tim Gillen. Mm-hmm. And then eventually uh, I get to learn about Shane muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. And he tells me, uh, okay, this was I think like a coincidence or something. It was me Josephine did the story about um Duchenne muscular dystrophy mm-hmm. and I found it on YouTube today to contact her. And Josephine tells me that She doesn't do a lot of that work but you do such things. Uh-huh. It's like yes. So she connected uh-huh. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's when I meet him Gillen and he explains to me he lost two sons to Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Yeah, and oh, um mm-hmm. he had found this family, about five people. Um that very first time I visit this family in Wakiso, I came back Christo when I was in the same because um this is a person who had had about five boys mm. and um he had already lost two of them to Duchenne muscular dystrophy and I was like but what's this mm-hmm. and then later I learned that this is a disease that um degenerates muscles at the end of the day someone is born normal rather mm-hmm. and then then your uh, muscles start to waste <laughs> away to waste away so eventually people they lose their mobility they can't walk they can't do anything they just sit get stuck there mm-hmm. and then and it um, affects your organs eventually exactly it affects the organs and then they break down eventually they had lost already two of these boys and they found their one uh called Julius who was also very ill by then and the sad part of this story is that when you look at these boys um they are very weak and uh, then the saddest part is there is no cure for this for now mm-hmm. and the fact that there is no cure meaning others must eat well i mean spend their life better when they're still on this earth and many of the families cannot afford that yeah they can't so a person like paul kayonga who i met in that family I looked at him the discs of the back had already got dislocated mm. because of carrying these boys the five boys through their years so oh. the back discs got dislocated so the father was also not well Exactly so up to now he's not well you know he didn't have a job he didn't have anything I looked at him and I wondered how he would survive 
So I reported whatever I had seen to Tim Gillen. I remember him crying over the phone. It was a video call. So he was crying and saying, oh God, in America, we are better off. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're given wheelchairs, we're given all these food supplements and everything so the kids do not die that way. So earlier on this year, Julius also passed away. And now out of five boys, Paul Kayonga is only remaining with only two boys mm-hmm. uh, to Duchenne muscular dystrophy. So I was really touched by that. Yes. The families, of course, were few. So when I kept on contacting different families from Fort Porto, where I come from, and uh, from uh, Lira, and then eventually Wakiso District in Tepe, I realized that um, as I contacted these people, other people who were disabled, they kept on also, you know, wanting the help that we extended to these people. So mm-hmm. we totally made a program at Sapphire Foundation for Lucian Muscular Dystrophy and Disability. Okay. So we ran the whole program at once. Unfortunately, also Tim Gillen died this year. Yeah, he was on a hike and we had a program called Hike for Duchenne. So he was on a hike in New York and then he fell off the rock and so died. And he passed away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least he really tried. Yeah, he tried. And to really, help mm-hmm. as many people as, as he many could. people, yeah. And also That's actually opened thing. the gates. He was uh, very open and, you know, introduced us to different people who we still work with up to mm-hmm. now. He left a very huge gap, but at least um, opened some spaces for us. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, running a charity organization, Mm -hmm. for most people I'm hearing, it starts Mm -hmm. really on a personal level. Mm -hmm. You start doing something on your own, then Mm -hmm. your friends start to help Mm -hmm. you, and eventually, you know, you professionalize Mm -hmm. it, you register your your organization. Um, How did it start for you? Yeah, the same way I think. I explained to you I was in northern Uganda, and then I saw this girl being sent home for school fees of about $10. I think that was around uh, 30000 I think. Mm-hmm. And she was saying that now, I think I want to go home and get married because uh, I don't think I'll be able to pay the school fees for the next years. So I told this girl, go back to school. I'm going to pay for you one year, but also not only this year, but even the next year until you get done with your P7. Mm-hmm. And actually that girl now so is she was nurse. like in P5 at that time. Yeah, she was in P5, I think. So, um... That's how I got there. And um, when I came back here, I told the story. I narrated whatever I had seen in northern Uganda Mm -hmm. uh, to a couple of friends. And uh, there were about four friends, I think. And they were touched by this. I said, no, 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 this can't be happening. It was a story that really touched me because I remember also being chased out of school as a very young boy. And Mm -hmm. my mother actually wanted, I think, about 27,000 and she did not have the money. Mm -hmm. So we had to sell a couple of things in the village and then to be able to go back to school. So when I saw this, no, it didn't take me so well. So when when, when we returned Mm -hmm. here, these boys had very good jobs, even better than I had. I remember one uh, one of my friends, Gideon, for me, was really given to take up to about three kids. Mm. I was like, may I will pay for three of them because I can. He had yes. a good business. Mm-hmm. Introduced Josh. I also introduced Aine. So we were about four people. And we realized that in a month, actually, we would even collect money up to 500000 mm-hmm. later on. So we extended to four girls in the same school. Mm-hmm. Then eventually we moved out to look for those kids who were... You know, very smart in class and yet they did not have help. Mm-hmm. That is the type of filter that we use okay. up to now. Okay. Yeah, we don't help everyone because we cannot afford to help everyone. There yes. are very many needy people out there. So the type of filter gives us the best people we can help because 
someone is very smart and yet they cannot afford mm-hmm. to pay their school they fees. They want to finish. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we did. And um, the number kept on rising, like I told you. But now, I did not have the, you know, the intention to register the organization and formally make it, you know, a non-profit organization. Mm-hmm. But then, one day I told the team, we were having a discussion. I was like, I'm so worried. I'm actually very stressed about where the school fees is coming from because these guys, many of them lost their jobs. And um, the number of kids has also increased highly because mm-hmm. by that time we had about 32 of them. And, and now you have about 50. Yeah? You know, we have 52. Mm-hmm. And actually this year, uh, 22 finished P7 and our program. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, so Tim told me that, you know what? I can try to solicit funds from a couple of friends here, but the problem is many Americans would want to see an organization that is legit. Mm, that's re- registered you, and uh-huh, you have... Exactly. So I started to think about registering the organization in about, I think, 2019. Okay. Yeah, after five years years, later. Five years down the road. So I registered successfully and then eventually, so now we are registered. So is there anything that I can do? Yeah, and we started getting a few donations, about $14, $12. But of course, if you would put them together on a monthly basis, you'd raise about $300 at least. That makes a huge difference. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. and that would really seriously pay for a couple of girls. So we moved. Um, We did not want to, to keep paying school fees only because many of these girls were coming from very poor families and many of them would come from home without any meal or something. So... We provided also lunch for them. Whoever was under our program, we mm-hmm. pay for you lunch. And of course, we make sure that um, uh, many of the girls in the school, they have sanitary towels mm-hmm. because many of them would even drop out of school, miss very many days whenever they, they were into them. that period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we moved also to do that. And we do it until today. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you Mm -hmm. so much for giving back and for looking out for people. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that, you know, you could relate because at one point, your mom also didn't have money to take Mm -hmm. you back to school. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are some people who never have that experience. Mm -hmm. And there are others who can't truly, truly relate. Mm -hmm. Someone listening in right now, Mm -hmm. how can they also contribute? How do they get in touch with you? We have all the contacts on our website, SapphireAfricaFoundation.org. When I normally say Sapphire, other people type uh, S-A-double-F, but uh, it's S-A-double-P, <laughs> the Sapphire. It comes from the stone. The stone, yeah. yes. So, uh, SapphireAfricaFoundation.org. Um, and how did you pick that as a name? I wanted to, to come up with something really that was strong. So, uh, I was reading my Bible that night and I read that verse where there are sapphires and rubies as beautiful stones and hard stones. Mm-hmm. Like, but this can make a very good name okay. uh, for something that I do really envision to, mm-hmm. to last long and something that will be beautiful. So that's how I come up with Sapphire. Okay. Mm-hmm. So eight years later, you've been doing this charity work. Mm-hmm. It started with you just paying for one girl mm-hmm. and now you have 52 children mm-hmm. in your program. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, but you're still doing your journalism. You're mm-hmm. still news anchoring at the yeah. same time. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how you said you were DJ, but then you didn't like the... The clatter and the, the noise. The noise and mm-hmm. the, the crowds mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And you like your time. Yeah. 
So what do you do with your free time? Like what are the things that you enjoy doing? Normally in the morning, I wake up at around 5.30 or 5.20 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I use a couple of minutes to meditate. I start with that. Mm. And um, like I told you, I love feeling good. And uh, one of the things I do is um, I learn really to appreciate even the smallest thing that I have in my life. Mm-hmm. Could we maybe just, you know, breathing itself. I do really appreciate it. And I take a couple of minutes in the morning doing that, appreciating what is good. I don't have to worry about what are the loans in the banks or what will be <laughs> my DSTV is expiring tomorrow and uh, and then my car has gotten faulty along the road. The engine mm-hmm. is making funny noise. No, I, I, I really get to meditate, think of what is good, appreciate God and, you know, what has been good in my life and um, also rethink you know, what do I want to be in the next few years and take a good breath, take a glass of water. And then uh, the moment it clocks six exactly, I make sure I go on my run. And um, Oh, so you run every morning? Yeah, I run every morning. And um, uh, that brings me back home, I think, by after an hour mostly. So by seven, I'm back home mm-hmm. and I'm preparing to go. But I really love being physical. I love walking around. I love hiking. But uh, I also love reading very, very much. Actually, mm-hmm. before coming here, I was telling someone that um, everyone before they die think they should read a book, When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalinathi. Um, when Breath Becomes Air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a book really that has inspired me very greatly in my life, uh, seeing how short life can be because... Um, this is a man who was uh, walking and normal, operating very many brains, a very renowned neurosurgeon. And then after a couple of months, he was actually sleeping in the same bed mm-hmm. where um, he was operating from very many patients and life did not last long for him. And he lost everything and died. I, you love using the word passed on, so he passed on. Mm-hmm. And um, I love reading really because um, it opens up. Um, if I'm not reading, I think I'm um, I'm watching TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I'm not reading, I I, I love um, watching and seeing. I love great interviewers like you yourself. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I really learn a lot. One of the things I learned, I think, in my watching TV is um, I don't like having my guests and then. I end up not picking up any information. The fact that TV, we do a lot of interviews with Mm -hmm. politicians. Other people really want to combat them and press them on the wall. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? (laughs) And all that. But um, just like I told you, I I love really having conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, You converse with people, then you get to know what forced them to do this. Where did they come from? I shouldn't be explaining these things to you. You already know. I know, but oh, I love to hear it. I love to hear it. Yes, so you come away with something. You both mm-hmm. come away with something amazing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Rather than, you know, putting someone on the wall and then you press them down and all that. So I learn a lot really when I watch. And um, the fact that uh, uh, I love to know whatever is taking place across the world. Mm-hmm. I look at things and say, no, this is not real. I look at the other and say, no, this can't happen. And, you know, I analyze my own way of thinking, but I, I never let that take me away because um, I make sure that uh, I take in that junk just a little bit. But then I spend actually most of the time um, listening to inspirational people to me, T.D. Jacks, Creflo Dollar, Trace Meyer, mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Mark, um, Joel Austin, 
and many people like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ah, I have a good understanding. Yeah. <laughs> and you have yeah. a good heart. Thank you so yeah. much Paul Collins mm-hmm. for joining me on the Groove Cafe. You're welcome, Crystal. It's been such a pleasure You're welcome. having you and thank you for the fact that you've mm-hmm. decided to help mm-hmm. and gone out of your way mm-hmm. all so, these years. So, uh, when are you taking me to your little TV? <laughs> Very soon. <laughs> and that's the next step, right? That is the next step. Now that I've come here, I need to be on your little TV also. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much You're for welcome. joining me. You're very welcome. Groove Cafe.